0: and welcome back to Biola Backstage. My name is Charlotte McKinley and I am your host. Here with me today is someone that is quite well known and loved around campus, Dr. Barry Corey. Dr. Corey is the eighth president of Biola University and has been here since 2007, so almost 16 years. He has a Bachelor's of Arts in English and Biblical Studies from Evangel University and his Master's of Arts in American Studies and PhD in Education from Boston College. He is often called by his moniker, DBC, a story which we'll get into later. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Dr. Corey. I'm really excited to talk to you and get to ask you a few questions. Uh, How are you doing today?
1: Fine, Charlotte. Thank you very much. Um, As we were saying before this recording started, my wife and I have a new granddaughter, our one and only, and her name is Charlotte. So. Um, Love the name and I'm looking forward to having a chance to be in conversation with you during our little podcast today So happy to be on and thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes, definitely. I wanted to start off by asking How did you come to Biola University?
1: Yeah, well, it actually dates back to when I was 19 years old and I made a decision then that I think faith-based higher education in a deeply Christian context would be a vocational calling that I might be pursuing and so I thought about it and throughout my 20s it was a lot of twists and turns and doing all sorts of things and I didn't really know what my entry point would be Um, but as I got to my end of my 20s after I did graduate work and lived abroad and did this and did that um, I um, I stepped into Christian higher education in a seminary setting I was um, just turning 30 and just gotten married and um, worked at that seminary for the next uh, sixteen years, and did both um, some development stuff, which is like fundraising, and some academic stuff like deaning, and continued to have good mentors and honing some of the skills in higher education and meeting some wonderful people and learning as much as I could and and making mistakes along the way. And then uh, in uh, two thousand and six i heard about a position at biola university they were looking for a president following a very successful presidential run of my predecessor clyde cook who had been in this role for 25 years several people mentioned this to me and i was going through a discerning time after being at the seminary for um, back in boston um, for those 16 years or so and opened myself up to that possibility and you know, One thing led to another, and then in May of 2007, almost 16 years ago, um, the board invited me to come to be their eighth president. And so there was a lot more than I could say, but um, uh, when I arrived, I realized how um, God takes all your previous experiences. I had done my undergraduate at a Christian liberal arts college, and that, that dimension is here. I had done worked for about three years at a uh, Bible college in Philadelphia, and there's that that dimension at Biola. I had uh, worked at a seminary um, for 16 years, and there's that deep theological education dimension of Biola, especially with Talbot, which I knew about. And I had done all my graduate work at a research university, Boston College, and there is a university uh, dimension to Biola as well, so I felt like it really had taken all of my experiences in a way that felt like was who i am and what i had ex- experienced and come to know and i found that arriving at biola to be a very um a gracious and hospitable community for a, a a new president like me there's a lot i didn't know and had to learn and there's a lot of patience with me with my stumbles and mistakes along the way and Um, still making those um, 16 years later, uh, but it's a forgiving community and a a place that has great hope and potential and I'm happy to um, have been able to serve um, these students for a decade and a half.
0: My dad went to Biola and he was not under your presidential camp run because he's like much older than I am because he's my dad but right. he was under Clyde Cook oh. and he when he came to Biola he noticed the differences between how Clyde Cook was perceived among the students he was kind of he was a good president but my dad said he wasn't very engaged with the students who were involved but here you're like a quasi celebrity so how did that all happen like how did, how did the nickname DBC come to be like did somebody just start calling you that one day, and then everybody was calling you that, or did was that something that just kind of stuck?
1: Mm, well, you got a couple of questions there, Charlotte. Um, one, um, the celebrity thing—I I actually don't think about that, and I just feel like this is a great community, and um, I appreciate when people encourage me, and but I also, you know, want to listen to the hard stuff as well, and and you know, my goal is to be as uh, relational as possible, um, and step into this role and serve students the best way I can. So and that means you've got to know students, you've got to be with them. You've got to sit down next to them in the cafeteria and plop mm-hmm. down beside them in chapel and talk to them in the hallway and have them over your home and you know have time and mentor. and so all of that I, I actually uh, enjoy. Uh, DBC, I, I actually I think it was like my um, um, it might have been my second year here. There used to be a band called Run DMC. Have you ever heard of that? Look mm-hmm. them up. That was I think it was a Christian band back in the 90s and I think someone made a shirt that might have said Run DBC and maybe did a, a, a funny video about it. I'm trying to dust off my memory. And anyway, that um I guess all three letters rhymed D and B and C. Like if I had an an R or a W or a you know J it might not have been as easily to say.
0: Mm-hmm. So, as a president of a university, what exactly do you do?
1: Well, I'll let me put it into five categories. Okay. And this might be boring to your listeners, but I'll 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 do it very briefly. Um, one is I, I we have a board of trustees that govern the institution. Twenty five men and women who um, volunteer, but they are the uh, authoritative body. And I so I spent a lot of time how to like. How do we educate the board and select the board, compose the board, work with the board, board chair? I was yesterday in Phoenix with our board chair for the day, um, working with an, a, another college president there. So, um, so I spent a lot of time on board development and really communicating well with the board and listening to the board and planning board meetings, which we'll have next week. We do them three times mm-hmm. a year. That's one. Number two as I really set the vision based on our mission of where we're going and build the team to make it happen. So that's what I'm supposed to do. The board doesn't do that. That is what they've entrusted me mm. to do when they called me as number eight here back in 2007. So like, where are we going as a university and what's the team that's going to help us get there? So spent a lot of time on our, our forward thinking. What are some of the challenges that are getting in the way and who are the leaders that I need to surround myself with that we can be of kindred spirit, of diverse experiences? I hire people way more competent than I am in their areas and- work on building trust among that team to make sure we're moving in the right direction. That's number two. Uh, number three, it's, it's really an ambassadorial role, internally and externally, and it gets to your earlier question, Charlotte, about just kind of being with students, that there are constituencies on this campus and outside of this campus that they need to hear from me. Where's Biola going? What are some of the challenges? Why is it worth investing in, sending students to? It could be parents, it could be alumni. Here on campus, students, faculty, staff, educational leaders, it's government relations, it's Christian um, influencers. So I I have that. I kind of embody Biola by my very title. So I need to do the best I can to be out there and in here listening, but also um, kind of encouraging and certainly um, kind of like motivating us um, to our future, but also being very attentive to what people are saying. So that's the third, that ambassador role. Fourth, it's it's really, you know, resource development. Like, what do we need to do to have people give money mm-hmm. uh, to Biola, to build buildings, to establish programs, to endow professorships, to start scholarships? And I need to be there with the, our investors who want to partner with us and, and do so in a way to be able to fulfill the vision that we're going to. So board development number one, setting the vision in the team, number two. The ambassadorial role, number three. Uh, number four is resource development. And number five, and I told the board this from the very beginning, that I, I need to make sure that I am focusing on my own personal and professional development. Also, um, how am I becoming a better president, a better leader? And I'm involved in a number of boards. That helps me understand how other organizations work. But I also have the personal dimension of, of, of my marriage, right, and of our... Kids and friendships that I have, and what am I reading that's going to help me, you know, think more creatively? And how am I cultivating my relationship with Christ in a way that I have margin in my life to really nurture those relationships that matter? Obviously, first and foremost with the Lord, and 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 certainly with with my marriage and my family. So, those are the those are the if you ask me what I do, like everything I do, like fits into one of those five big. Big buckets, And I've even had some years at the end of the year, I'd have you know, some folks that are kind of working alongside me kind of go through my calendar the previous year and put a one, two, three, four or five based on those buckets next to every appointment I had to see, am I being pretty balanced mm-hmm. in that? So that's a, it's a long answer in five categories, Charlotte. Of what I do in my role, but my favorite thing to do—I will say this. This is a little more of a side piece, but like there's some tough stuff uh, with the work, personnel issues, and you know, tough budget challenges or situations that are in the in the public that you're trying to—they can really be hard. And sometimes when I'm having those days, I will say, "I got to get with students," and I'll just walk out of the office, down the stairs, and you know. Go to go to the calf and and just get life breathed back into me. So it's students like you, Charlotte, that make me do what I want to do, even helping me get through with some of the harder things. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yes. Definitely. And in the middle of just coming out of covid and everything and being back and all the challenges that you've had to face i'm sure that you've had to take a few walks around campus to interact with students
1: i have and it's way better interacting with students around campus than during covid interacting with birds and squirrels
0: yes i i would concur i would concur so one of the questions that our listeners had was Well, there was one that was asking what your favorite part of your job is, but I think you already answered that. But the second one is, you take a lot of selfies with students, but most of the time your selfies end up with like one little bit of your eye or maybe two of your eyes in your forehead. And we were just wondering like, is there a reason why you do that specifically? Or is it just, just something that happens?
1: Yeah, I think it's just, it kinda happened. I could get all philosophical about it or <laughs> theological and talk about, you know, Jesus' words like, like, you must decrease and I must increase. And um, but I think just the way in which I kind of hold the camera, it just usually I am closer to the camera. Mm-hmm. And if there's a group of students behind me, they're farther away. And in order to get all of them in, I can't get all of me in. And then it became a bit of a shtick.
0: nice. Nice kind of moving back to a little something else your son went to Biola and then he recently graduated and uh, correct me if I'm wrong but did your other children go to Biola too or was it just Sam
1: um no all three all three one graduated this year in 2022 one graduated in 2018 and one graduated in 2015 so working from chronologically our 2015 graduate Anders Um, Was a humanities major, left here and got into L.A. politics, went back to Boston and did a public policy master's degree there at the Kennedy School, and then is now living in L.A. as a public policy wonk Mm -hmm. doing healthcare policy or L.A. County, works with one of the supervisors there. Married somebody, he met at Biola, they got married about, I don't know, three or four years after they graduated, and they just had their first grandchild or their first child, our first grandchild, Charlotte. Number two is Ella. Uh, Ella did a lot of internships when she was at Biola. That's what I tell students to get internships, mm-hmm. and she did it, and that helped open some doors for her. She was uh, in the School of Business and did a minor in, 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 in math, behavior, um, uh, what is it, uh, business analytics, and did work in poli-sci. And uh, she is now in, in financial technology. She uh, works for a, a firm in San Francisco called Chime, which is a, kind of a Gen X banking app sort of thing but she lives in boston but is able to work Mm -hmm. in san francisco goes there on occasion she's 27 now and then our youngest sam was the one who just graduated and uh, he was a psychology major and he's doing data sciences master's program at the university of chicago i say it's behavioral economics he says that's not quite right, but that seems to make a little bit more sense. It's got the integration of, of, of psychology and economics on how people make decisions based mm-hmm. on big data.
0: Did you have when your other two graduated? Did you also have fun handshakes that you did as they walked across the stage, or was that just with Sam?
1: Thank you. It it started with Anders actually really? yes, and um, and then Ella was willing to do for it and then do it too, and then the pressure was on <laughs> for Sam, and he didn't have to, but I asked him and he said he was game and. All three of them were the same handshake which is made famous by the movie Parent Trap. Mm. And you could also read into that that you know they're no longer trapped under my parenthood as they are emancipating from the family and going out into the real world. So there might be something about that but really it's the only handshake we knew we watched that movie a lot when we were when, when the kids were growing up.
0: Nice, nice. I remember I was, it. I wasn't graduating, but I was watching some of my friends graduate, and that was really cool to see that yes, handshake yes. happen.
1: So, yeah. he, he retired it because it was he's We went <laughs> three for three, and and it won't happen again.
0: You don't think you'll be here long enough to see Charlotte? Graduate? I don't think so. No, no, <laughs> that's
1: a good question. But I think I you know. As uh, I mean, that would put me almost at eighty because she's six months, and and when she graduates, well, she'll be uh, yeah, twenty two years from now. Uh, I'm 61. I'd be 83. I won't be here.
0: <laughs> Do you have plans on retiring in like the next 10 years or so or?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, this is a great school um, with great challenges and I've got energy and a good team ar- around me and and I love what I'm doing. So yeah, we'll see what uh, what happens.
0: So a few other questions that we had. Do you have a specific spot on Biola's campus that's your favorite, like your top tier, a place that you just love to go all the time? Hmm. Where do you not want to say yeah. that? Because if you go right. and yeah. you announce that, yeah. then everybody's going to be yeah. there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, l- I know I there's no place that I go regularly outside of the office other than maybe the cafeteria. And I go there as often as I can. And usually I end up not even eating lunch. I'll just walk up to a table and just the, the 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 question I often ask at a table that I go, and I'll sit down or stand up or whatever is is like what's the common denominator? why you are all? it might be two people, it might be eight people are at this table and just gives them a chance to just tell me they might have just come out of a class together. They might be softball players, they 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 might be in the same Tory group. They might have you know met in new student orientation and and they're still friends. So that just gives me kind of an icebreaker. But I love, the, I love going to the cafeteria, and um, yeah, when I can eat there too, it's, it's a good thing, but usually I'm too busy talking that I'm, that I'm, that I'm not eating. But we aren't next, you know, next, you don't know this, so I said you know, but next week, when the Board of Trustees is here, one of our education sessions, we always have education sessions for the Board, is going to be with students talking about this campus. What works on this campus for them? What doesn't work? How is it on weekends? Um, what is it? What can we do to make this campus um, more accommodating to you as students? And SGA has extended out some surveys, gotten a lot of feedback. We're going to have a panel of students. So I'm actually looking forward to that, talking about favorite places on campus. We get to hear from students what their favorite places are and how they maybe wish and hope the school could you know, have more of that. So I'm looking forward to next week. And the board is as well.
0: So with that, would that be, do you anticipate some students bringing up some ideas of places and things that might need more renovations? I know that we're already in the midst of like a whole bunch of renovations, but one specific question that we had was about the non-athlete student gym and we... They were wondering, is there a way to start a fundraiser to get more things for that? So is that something that the board, like those types of Mm -hmm. questions, is that something that the board talks about?
1: Yeah, that will come up. And I I know in advance that that question uh, will come up. Whether it's a fundraiser or not, just the space on campus for fitness center for non-athletes versus athletes versus kinesiology majors, Mm -hmm. because technically Mm -hmm. we have three areas. We have the kinesiology lab. Mm -hmm. um, We have the athletics athlete's workout room and then we have our own fitness center and then unlike you know if we were in you know, like wisconsin or vermont you know the weather is not as hospitable to year-round outdoor outdoor activities in california we can do more of that so it's a little different than comparing ourselves to what you know what marquette might be doing mm-hmm. um you know up in milwaukee
0: nice finally, as we wrap up the podcast, want to be respectful of your time and the other places you have to get to, we end the podcast asking a question. And that question is, what's one piece of advice that you have for Biola
1: students? You know, that is is a question that's important to ask. I would probably say this came from somebody way smarter than I was where This person said, don't prioritize your schedule, but schedule your priorities. Mm. And I do think that I would encourage students to schedule the priority of boredom into their week. And I don't mean boredom like laziness or sloth. I mean just like not going to do something now, and I'm just going to like get away from my phone, my social media distractions, and just like think and ponder and maybe write. I do wish that there would be more of an incentive for students to depend less on social media. And that's not just students, that's my generation as well. And just to be more contemplative and have more times of silence in their life and to slow down and to decelerate and allow themselves to rejuvenate when they, recel- when they decelerate, rather than always trying to fill that no, FOMO thing, right? Every, every empty space, with, I got to do something. Just allow yourself to to do nothing, and just put that in your schedule, and just and just do it. I've tried to do that um, in a in a small way daily, in a more moderate way weekly for a while. Every semester, I get away for a a day to the Sisters of Saint Joseph in Orange, and just have a little Spartan room there, and just uh you know read and write and reflect and pray and think and and even for a number of years pre-COVID, actually last time I did it was right before COVID, i actually go away for a few days to a, car, um, to a, a Benedictine monastery mm. and just a, like really take stock of, of my life and have a lot of, of silence and long walks and um, be reflective and pensive and listen to my heart and listen to how God might be speaking to me. So I think you know just carve some time out just to, just to be and not to do.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Corey, and thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come and talk and talk to all of our listeners. I don't know which specific people are listening, and I probably won't ever know because the analytics don't show me every person's name or any person's name. Just, oh, this person from Wisconsin listened to our podcast. So I appreciate you coming on and talking.
1: Thank you, Charlotte. It's been my pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Biola Backstage. It was a pleasure getting to talk with President Corey and hearing more about him. Next week, I am excited to bring on Dr. Todd Guy, the Dean of the School of Fine Arts and Communication. I'm excited for this one, so don't forget to tune back in next Monday. Until next time, Biola!